This week's episode is sponsored by DungeonNotebook.com, makers of the Tome of Delving, a hardcover notebook for tracking your 5th edition character as well as their inventory, their spells, their wild shapes, all the things, plus the adventure itself. Mm-hmm. Allie and I are using it right now for our Tyranny of Dragons characters, and we're loving it. Oh yeah, I'm, in, I'm really in love with the idea that I don't have 13 papers shuffled around. It's just all in one book. <laughs> I don't have a character sheet plus a notebook. They're all together mm-hmm. and it works really well and it's very pretty and well done and oh, yeah. the way it's put together. It's hardcover. Yeah, that's the thing I love. <laughs> I love this hardcover. Um, so yeah, we highly recommend this thing. You should go check it out. Uh, and to celebrate our first sponsorship, uh, you can get a discount by using the code DC5 at checkout to get $5 off your order from now until February 29th. So head on over to DungeonNotebook.com and pick up your Tome of Delving today. What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a podcast about all things Dungeons and Dragons. I'm one of your hosts, Ali Deichman, and with me this week is... Trevor Bettis. That's right. And this week, we'll be building a dungeon. Hey! Yeah, as well as answering some listener questions at the end. Trevor... How are your games this week? Oh, God, good. Um, man, did I talk about... The, no, no, I didn't talk about them getting to the, the Sky Place. No, you didn't. Again, being very vague, Storm <laughs> King's Thunder, not doing spoilers. Yeah. Uh, essentially, my party... So, people couldn't make it last week. We had three players. Oh, wow. And they split the party. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, one of them went off on their own and was all stealthy. Five guesses who. Uh, and then the other two went and just kind of directly went to talk to who they need to found out, uh, well, to to quote it crowd, bitch is crazy. (laughs) Um, so they, they were both doing different things. They, uh, the two people had realizations that were like, oh crap, what are we going to do? And then the, the stealthy one just kind of had his own time made notes of where treasure was um but uh did not sneak past the invisible stalkers no so oh gosh i know exactly where that is so we're picking up there next time that's, that's gonna a, be fun it's a rough encounter yeah uh but we uh you and i uh starting new characters in your boyfriend's campaign yeah he's who's, who's running what now Tyranny of Dragons. My God, so timely. I know. It's great. He actually was really sweet. He's like, yeah, I just listened to your podcast. It was really helpful. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Thank you, Spencer. Yeah. But yeah, so we made characters in that. I made a, a Hexblade Tiefling. Mm-hmm. I made a <laughs> Paladin of the the Watcher. The, what was the Oath? I can't oh, really remember. Oath of the Watchers. Yeah, the but Oath of the Watchers. But we just kept talking about Dark Souls. It's, yeah, it's the Abyss Watcher. So <laughs> I, I also got the Invader Invasion uh, expansion for the Dark Souls board game, and you're just going to use one of the figures from there. I am. Because <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I'm straight up going to also ask Spencer, Spencer, by the way, I'm going to ask you this, um, if I can just flavor Sam holding a dagger in one hand and one-handing a great sword. Yeah. Not going to use the dagger at all, but you know, just because. Yeah. That's your holy symbol. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a thinker. I'm a thinker. Um, but that's only if Spencer says it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, besides that, we're doing our Pathfinder 2nd Edition game. Mm-hmm. Loving it. We uh, worked. <laughs> we worked. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, God, I don't even, like, there, Curse, Curse of the Crimson Throne, spoilers, not going to get it, but essentially, our entire party decided to work volunteer hours at a butcher shop to give out free food to people. Yeah. 
It was uh, it was a great moment. It was really good. Like we <laughs> we took the time to place ourselves out on the the map mm-hmm. of the butcher shop to like figure out who was doing what. Yeah. <laughs> and oh my god, like I what's funny is uh, our friend Kyle wasn't there. Kyle is a butcher. Yeah. <laughs> and so I took a picture and texted him like, "Good news, buddy. We role played your job tonight in celebration of your birthday." Also, happy birthday, Kyle. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's how my games are going. Yeah. Um. So. I want to preface what, how my games went um, with, I had a breakdown before my game this Wednesday. Oof. Yeah. So I know we talked about it before, about how to uh, DM or how to play if you're not feeling good. And the mm. short answer is you probably shouldn't. Yeah. Um, there's a longer answer, and we kind of went over it in the episode. But for me, my answer is I'm getting stressed out from a hobby that I should be loving, and I'm that makes me happy. However, right now, I'm not being happy. And we can't quite figure out the exact reason why. However, whenever I play, I'm not, you know, panic attacking about it. Mm-hmm. But when I'm DMing, I kind of am. So I kind of am talking it over with the group. And I'm going to talk about it today, too, with the group, which is Wednesday. <laughs> By the time this was recorded, they'll all know. Um, we're pretty much going to be taking a break from my game, our Wednesday game. But in the meantime, we're also going to play something else. Someone else is going to DM. And I'm, we're just going to, I'm going to relax Sounds a little. Like you need to con Mari your you're DMing. I know. I probably you should. Joy. I am. I just got from the DMs Guild a uh, how to. <laughs> what was Spoilers it? for later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bullet journal my DMing, so oh I might God, just I'm do so that. <laughs> I gotta look at that. I know. Um, but carrying on from that, that session actually was pretty fun. Good. Um, with, in case you don't recall, Valindra told them they need to go to the abyss, mm-hmm. and they said okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) so in this session she took him to the abyss um as per my usual uh theme of stealing from video games um there was a meme i saw recently that boiled down to (laughs) what's the secret of being a good dm plagiarism (laughs) um pretty much imagine and spencer's gonna realize this after the fact um the soul cairn when it comes to skyrim in the dawnguard vlc Valindra okay. straight up took them to a portal that's in the material plane and said, yeah, we got to go in here. And she covered so she their took eyes. she to an oblivion gate. Yeah, she covered their eyes in like some death dust and said, this is how you're going to survive down there and not go crazy. And they went through the portal and it's just dead silent God, everywhere. I would love to have my oblivion rogue in that game. Because <laughs> you know how I did oblivion gates back in the day? Hmm. Just ran through it. Because fun <laughs> fact, if you touch the stone at the end, whole level's over. That's it. That's all you, you need. So I just, I, oh my God, I would book it through there like mm-hmm. a lad in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> like I'm singing songs. Oh yeah. It, what's, so it's like, it's straight out of the soul cairn. Like there's towers everywhere. There's citadels and there's a, a whole plot of the bad guys trying to collect the pieces of the spirit of the of the wand of Orcus. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole process. There's a whole thing to it. Um, and so Valindra's like, well, we got to find him first. However, where the fuck are we going to find him in this literal, just infinite plane of existence mm-hmm. that Orcus's plane is? And so... There was a great moment where Saphir, the rogue who like prays to time more every now and then, found the closest stick that was straight, put it on the like just standing straight up, and then he let it go and it dropped. And he's like, I guess we're going that way. <laughs> Valindra just looked at him, pinched the bridge of her nose, and said, Fucking really? <laughs> but they went and they had quite an encounter. Um, 
God, this is the most Dragon Ball Z thing. Imagining Valindra, who's tried to murder your player so many times, just going along with it. She does not care if they live or die through this. She mostly needs them to just deal more damage than she can because she only deals really cold and necrotic damage. And what's in Orcus's plane of death? Mm, Everything that's undead. Yeah. So she's like, I just need you fuckers to clear these things out for me. And so it's been a hoot. Going through the abyss, uh, or at least my version of the abyss. Mm-hmm. Um, before they know it, they'll have to deal with, you know, madness and sanity and all yeah. that good stuff, especially when they come across their first demon. So far, they've managed the, to the, avoid the them. Demon. The Dungeons and Dragons demons. <laughs> <laughs> so far, they've avoided them. But uh, it's, you know, it's not when, it's not if, it's when. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that's how that's how that's going. Well, I I I'm I'm sorry about the the stress. Yeah, but, but I I'm, think that's a good choice. I'm taking I'm I'm choosing my own mental health over just yeah. the stress of wanting to go through this story. No, that I I think that is a really good idea and probably one of the best things that you could do right there. Well, not I, one of the best thing you could do there. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, you, you know, people are like, oh, you know, soldier on. It's like no, sometimes you just need time to yourself. Yeah. So, um, let's move over into some broadsheets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, first off, we got Matthew Mercer has updated his Blood Hunter. Mm-hmm. It, so far, it looks really good. I personally haven't gotten it yet, but everyone's been, like, looking into it. Yeah. Um, I've even seen, I've even already seen a whole adventure for a one-on-one, a duet, so to speak, a DM and a one player mm-hmm. who's a Blood Hunter. Oh. Yeah. So, it's like a lot of people are going into this really hard which is awesome because the more support for it the better it'll just be i'm excited to read it i had a player i've had two players play blood hunters and mm-hmm. i've amended it both times because i didn't like the way it works and matt's even said himself that he did not play test it yeah <laughs> um and because there's a few things that i'm like this is a weird choice mm-hmm. um but uh the thing to note is you know if you're sitting there like oh my god i'm gonna go check my dm's guild uh, to see the update it is a separate file it's a whole uh, new one yeah, it's a whole new file you do you you need to rebuy it but all funds raised go towards the australian brush fire relief right yeah, now Yeah, more um, on that later we're gonna get more on that later but <laughs> if you just if you just go by the blood hunter itself the 2020 version uh it's on the front page of dm's guild mm-hmm. uh it is uh all for that it's eight dollars and i it's you're helping charity and you're getting something cool. I do this with Bungie every time they do it. Anytime oh, yeah. they do something with Destiny. I've been doing it since 2006 with uh, <laughs> the Katrina effort. Um, but it's a really good thing. Um, but also you get a really neat little subclass. Or not oh, subclass. Whole class. Whole class. Yeah. yeah whole class. Uh, all right. Next up, we got uh, a new champion coming to Idol Champions. Havilar? Is that you say your name? I believe so. Yeah. She is the twin sister of Farida. Yeah, in case you looked at the Twitter and you're like, wait, I already have that yeah, hero. But her hair is on a different side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is. Um, so the, I'll, I'll read a quick thing from their blog post. Mm-hmm. Ever since we introduced Farida in uh, High, what, Harvest Tide 2, players have been asking us the same question Where is Havilar? <laughs> Not just because uh, Havi is Farida's twin sister, but because Farida's damage relies heavily on having additional tieflings in the formation, and we haven't <laughs> added another one to the game since. Great point. <laughs> Until now, uh, <laughs> it's time for the Havilar Champion Spotlight. So, um, yeah, this is Farida's twin sister. She's got this freaking awesome, uh, what is it, is it a glaive or is it a, a halberd? What she got there? She got some kind of long pokey thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Witch. 
She's going to play really nice with Farida, which I'm excited about because I don't use Farida that much. Yeah. And I want to get these two in there because I love sim uh, like the the working off each other and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Like my whole team right now is either uh, C team or Waffle Crew. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, synergy <laughs> is the way to play when it comes to idol champions. I know that the hall of whatever people are better, but I don't care. I know. <laughs> I also don't have Drist yet on my phone. Ah. <laughs> because it was going to because uh, the reason why is because I was like, oh, it's going to take so long to get there. Or is it now? Uh -huh. Let's move into the next piece of news, which is Idol Champions got an update with offline progress. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, so I just found out about this, and I opened my phone, and you know, it, it, it you know, loads like it normally does. It says Idol Champions got that really cool beholder. Mm -hmm. The thing that is, it's, it's I, I like that symbol a lot. It's, uh, it's a great <laughs> simple symbol. But then it says calculating offline progress. What is this? And then when it pops up, it says progress uh, from area 83 to 94. Holy wow. Here's the gold you got. Here's the items you found. And that includes gems and chests in case yep. you don't find any. And it's oh, it's opening the bags for you. So you're not just perpetually on a single level until you open the game. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's finally approaching that actual idle game that other idle games have. And like, here's the thing. On the, on the computer, on the laptop, whatever. You can just leave it open and let it play. Yeah. There's no, you can just put it in the background. Yeah. But for people like you and I who play on phone and console, mm -hmm. that's not really an option. <laughs> I can't, if I move away from this for longer than a minute, it's like, all right, we're just going to end that program. Yep. Or app. You know, I sound old. Um, <laughs> and for Xbox, you can't do shit while you're playing it. <laughs> no. They used to have this nice little feature thing and then they immediately took it off because it broke everything. Yeah. <laughs> so now you can keep progressing, just going and be like, oh, I need to level these people up real quick. All right, we're going to put uh, that there and this there. We're going to move that around. Cool. And then save, close. And it will keep progressing for you. Beautiful. <laughs> so that I'm I'm so excited. I, I, I love idle games. Mm -hmm. And this feature that has been, you know, uh, let's be fair. A lot of people said this should be there from the get-go. Yeah. But this game is still in beta, to be fair. Yeah, it's that's it the crazy thing about it. <laughs> it hasn't actually fully been released yet. Mm -hmm. And I understand they're working on stuff. And I didn't really have a problem with it before because I just left it over when I was playing Destiny or something. Yeah. This is just from my end. And this is not because we get codes. This is not because of anything like that. Just from my <laughs> end, it's just a cherry on top of this game. Yeah. I mean, like, this isn't going to change really the scope of the game or, like, the difficulty of it or the concept of it either. It's just going to make it go by faster. It's, yeah. it's really nothing but good. And it's getting you from those beginning levels up to the where you're supposed to be I, I, a lot easier. I do think about because, like, I started playing this game when it came out and mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. So I stopped playing it. And I just wonder now if I had <laughs> left Brunor Battlehammer on that tutorial, how far he'd be now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, that's all the broadsheets that we've got. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, take a look at some dungeon keeping, uh, which might be a little obvious. You've, yeah. You've heard an ad. Hey, guys. We have an ad. Um, yeah, so we're excited. <laughs> some of you may be like, why do you have ads? And to that we say, because we want to make this podcast better. Yeah. Um, we d chose to do a sponsorship because it was going to help us get things that are going to make this podcast better mm -hmm. and do 
and allow us to do more things in the future. Yeah, we've got dreams and goals for this podcast. I know. <laughs> um, and, okay, to be fair, we can't make the joke anymore. Oh, we're not doing this for free. So, all right, we can't use a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here's the thing. Uh, just to be upfront with you listeners, uh, it is not going to be every episode. It's going to be once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the uh, Notebook.com has been very gracious to sponsor us. And uh, we are only, for right now, I'm going to say this for right now, we are only putting out things that you know we have used, that we know, that we think you guys should know about, that is yeah. in line with what we're talking about here. So for... Um, again, same for the time being. I don't want to come back and eat my words. You're not going to be hearing <laughs> Omaha Steaks or you know, Postmates or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to be hearing, if we do a sponsorship, it's going to be for stuff that we think you should see and stuff that is going to fall in line with Dungeons & Dragons or role-playing in general. Yeah. So, with that said, we hope that you donate us for getting a sponsor. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. But we also hope that you go take a look at this because we do really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're genuinely using this in the new campaign that we just started, yeah. and I'm excited about it because, yeah. yeah, it's it's it's, I, it's the dumbest thing, but I I love ribbon bookmarks. The ribbon that, bookmarks that shot make that a thing huge up so difference. high in my yeah. in my list of like, oh, this is so good because I I keep track of both. I'm the note taker usually, yeah. so I keep track of oh, both I know. the story. You and I are going to be like competing to see <laughs> who's taking notes. You're going to be much better than mine. <laughs> mine are like bullet points written by an asshole. <laughs> Um, your your character. <laughs> we'll find out eventually if he is or not. But his name is, is Hero. Hero the Handsome Fiend. <laughs> Let's just see how that goes. Yeah, I'm 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 excited. <laughs> All right. So yeah, sponsorship. It's gonna be great. It's not gonna you know overwhelm me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Into 2020. So uh, let's move on to our next thing, which is champion loot. Oh yeah. Yeah, do you play Idol Champions? Are you excited about the fact that you will keep playing offline? I am. Oh, uh, well, then <laughs> let's get you some let's get you some loot. Let's get you some a gold chest. Yes. So, this week's code for Idol Champions is as follows. S H A G D O L T C U L M. Go get yourself a gold chest on us and uh you know yeah, well, one of the things we've been talking about on Twitter is what we've been getting out of it. <laughs> show us what you got. Oh, please. Tweet, tweet at us and Idol Champions. Show us what you got out of your chest. We'd love to see it because I've been getting some good stuff. Oh, yeah. I've been really, I got I got some neat things last week. It Definitely. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about them. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so uh, do us on Instagram, uh, Twitter or something. Just send it to us. Uh, we'd love to see what you get. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our first topic, which is our only topic. <laughs> dungeon making oh yes uh so before we so we put out a poll that had a bunch of questions on it Mm -hmm. to help us figure out what we're gonna make for this week's episode but before we get into that let's talk about the concept of building a dungeon yeah why do you build dungeons why do you need to build a dungeon like what does it mean what did that dungeon ever do to you yeah so (laughs) briefly trevor and i kind of talked earlier about like well how do you build a dungeon <laughs> because uh this is something that i personally never like wrote down or well, uh, it, physically conceptualized it's one of those things where it's like <laughs> i guess it's like one of those things where it's like everyone all dms do it yeah but it, it, no one ever says like well how do you do it? <laughs> it it's one of those where you don't think to ask how someone else does it unless you're you know 
yeah, you, I, I did have these points where I'm just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm going to try and find out what other people do so <laughs> that I can do it myself and maybe it's good. Um, but I never really found any resource that told me how to build a dungeon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there are some, like, options and opportunities online. Like, um, what was that five-step thing that... Oh, yeah, yeah. Hector uh, says yeah. the, the, the five-room dungeon. Yeah, so there are, like, some templates, so to speak, that yeah. you can kind of follow and build. We will not be following that one this time. No. It would um, be easier. It would be. And now that I think about it, might have been a better... I, you know what? We're just going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, and full disclaimer, this is how either Trevor and I would oh, build a yeah, dungeon. Yeah. Not so even we'll, us alone. This is how we do it together. <laughs> th- th- this is not a foolproof plan. Uh, mm-hmm. This is not going to... I don't think that this episode is going to have that aha moment <laughs> where the smoke clears. <laughs> I mean, personally, it already did for me because looking at Trevor's process of how he goes about it is way better than mine. <laughs> well, you know, man. I, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, the... the most of the time for me when I need to build a dungeon it's for the bookstore Mm -hmm. Uh, because we've only got like two and a half hours yeah (laughs) and I'm like okay I gotta make something real quick and most of the time I go for a dungeon uh, because role-playing at a table of 10 people uh, for long things doesn't usually go very well so I put little bits of role-play in there so I've had to get better I've had to you know train myself better at getting making dungeons because my god the way I used to do it holy (laughs) crap Fourth edition, I mean, all I do for each session was build dungeons, mm-hmm. and they were not good. Which kind of broke down into how many encounters do you want to have and build the encounter? I don't know how my players never realized we did three encounters every, every session time. for yeah. all of time. Like, all of them were like, like we'd be in the third room, and they're like, oh, shit, I don't know what's coming next. I'm like, like you bro. don't. <laughs> You've been here before. Yeah. Um, but like, so I guess good question is what, what is dungeon, what is a dungeon making thing for you? So my process, so to speak, um, I like to start at the end of a dungeon. I like to think about who, what bad guy do I want to plop in there? You know? So it's like, I think about it, for example, if I'm building a beholder, I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, I want them to face off against a beholder. Then I think about from there, why is the beholder in this particular spot? And so it's like, well, this is his home. It's like, okay, well, does he expect visitors? And it's like, does he... Uh, is does he, any beholder expect visitors? Is he prepared for people to come in? I mean, like the Xanathar does, because he runs like, you know, a Excuse whole... Excuse me, Mr. Beholder, do you have time to speak about our Lord and Savior, <laughs> Paylor? <laughs> and it's <I> like, <laughs> Or is this beholder like insane? And he just wants to find the nearest hole that he just hides in for all of eternity. I just pictured a beholder with googly eyes just <laughs> moving around a bunch. So after I get an idea of like why he's in that particular spot and who the villain is... Mm-hmm. After that, I go into like, why are the good guys there? Why are your players in there in the first place? Is it because someone told them to go there? Is it because there's like this myth about this treasure at the end? Or do they know that the bad guy is in there? They need to like take him out. And then after that, I'm this is very much where all the variables come in. I build it to level. I mm-hmm. look at things that like if it's, for example, a my level 14 characters, I look at the CRs and I'm like, ah, that seems about appropriate. And then I kind of find like, does this fit with the monster? Like would a beholder hang out with a bunch of kobolds? More importantly, would the kobolds hang out with a bunch of, with a beholder? And so I kind of think about theme that way and look at the CRs, not necessarily for math reasons, but just more of a base guideline. And then from there, I'll be honest, I don't calculate anything. 
<laughs> I just kind of think, okay, my players are this level. They're pretty decently strong or they're not strong against spellcasters. I shouldn't have as many of those in there or if they are strong against spellcasters. Maybe I should have more in there because it'd be more fun. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I physically build the dungeon. Like, um, does it have a bathroom? Do beholders even need bathrooms? Yeah, a hole. Yeah, but do kobolds like bathrooms? And so it's like you kind of like start building things around like just basic <laughs> questions of is this thing a house or is it not? Or is it a specific tunnel that this thing is built into? Is it a purple worms like excavated tunnel that led into this like final treasure room? Mm-hmm. So it's like I go from there. It's very loosey-goosey. And it usually Lucy, usually leads to poorly drawn out, hastily made maps that I'm not particularly proud of. But the players end up kind of having fun out of it. And a challenge, certainly, mostly probably because I don't actually calculate anything. <laughs> but that's how I do it. I usually run most encounters by the seam of my pants anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I expect myself to calculate things beforehand anyways. Well, so it's 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 a it's an interesting process, but it kind of works for me. Mm-hmm. And here I am wishing I knew a better way, which brings me to our next part. <laughs> <laughs> you can't build me up like that. <laughs> if you're like, all right, here it is. It's the secret. <laughs> and then I read mine and someone's going to be like, motherfucker, that's what I do, you dumbass. Um, <laughs> so I told you beforehand that ideally I'm starting with a map. Yeah. Um, I enjoy drawing dungeons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm no Dyson Logos. Uh, I would love to be one day, uh, <laughs> especially with that comfy like uh, mind flayer uh, th- oh thing he's got. Yeah. Really um, but if I don't have a map, uh, like let's say we're doing it for the bookstore, mm-hmm. I usually start with a story reason. Yeah. Which is what is the goal for this? So the and story reason is loose because it could be is this a monster hunt? Mm-hmm. Is this um, a rescue mission? Is this a vendetta or something like that? And it might be a little bit built off more than that. Where, like, it could be, uh, it is a monster hunt from a guild. It is a monster hunt from a message board. Yeah. Um, it is a monster hunt that they've been on for a long time. So I might build out more from there. But the core concept is that first thing. So after that, I will do, who's the villain? And... That, you know, for a monster hunt, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of monster, maybe? <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Um, and I don't really go with, like, is he? A, is it a beast? Is it a thing like that? It's more of just, like, what's cool? Yeah. Like, I decided one time when we when we decided for the bookstore that we were going to do level 10 adventures on it. This is it. I'm doing Beholder. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was going to be a Beholder monster hunt. Uh, I love that concept so much of just thinking what's cool. Yeah. Because, like, in the end, when you're playing D&D, you want to have fun. <laughs> I have said it many a time. Uh, Brandon Sanderson quoted as saying, "Air on the side of awesome. Yeah. So then after that, I go with henchmen. Mm-hmm. Who works for this villain or does anything even work for this villain? Yeah. So... For, uh, for instance, with the Beholder, I decided, well, I want I don't have a chance to use Beholders a lot. I want to use Beholder Kin in here as well. Ooh. So I had um, the the Gith and all those things, and they were all oh, yeah. nasty, and I loved them. They're so much fun. Um, but I was like, okay, well, I can't just fill a whole thing with that. Why would anything else be in the um, the dungeon? And so I stole from Chris Perkins, as I'm prone to do. <laughs> and, uh, and when they were doing 
uh, Dragon Heist, he added this thing in, and it might be, I don't think it's in the book. I really don't. Basically, he had Xanathar henchmen oh. with eye stalks coming out of the top of their heads Ooh. that he was controlling. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, and I went, that's fucking cool. So I went, okay, I'm going to throw some um, beholder-controlled uh, bugbears. Oh, nice. Okay. But then uh, when I was when I actually got into designing it, though, I got into one of the rooms. I'm like, well, what if... Because the Acquisitions Inc. book had just come out. Yeah. And I went, what if I had them fight Acquisitions Incorporated, but they were all mind, uh, beholder control? <laughs> so I had, like, Jim Dark Magic with a fucking thing poking out of his head and stuff. So it was fun stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other question I have... So this actually falls into... Uh, the same thing as like uh, other inhabitants. So yeah. like if this is a monster, let's say like they're fighting a cockatrice. Yeah. I decided when we did that one, there was for Thanksgiving, it was a giant cockatrice. We had a It was a turkey. We had a, <laughs> we had a turkey. I decided that okay, this cockatrice, this dire cockatrice has taken up residence in a goblin cave. Mhm. So I did environmental storytelling showing that it kind of bust its way through here, but I had goblins in there. And their little huts and everything like that. Um, they ended up making one their friend because, of course, they did. They do. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was basically like, what for that, it was, what do I want in here? Mm-hmm. And then how do I make that make sense? So it went from, I, need, I have a cockatrice in a cave. What do I want there? Goblins? Okay. Why? Cockatrice ran through. All right. And that's just kind of how I formed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I go with how many encounters slash progression. Um, after that, I start coming up with the room ideas. Then I would start drawing out the map. Then after that, I would throw in traps and rewards. Yeah, which uh, three of those steps I didn't even consider. <laughs> <laughs> the concept that you have the uh, progression idea in there is personally, I find that a really key part of dungeon building mm-hmm. because. Uh, like in the the five room dungeon concept, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what it's entirely about yeah. is progression, and that's how you get people from one side of the dungeon to the other without it just being encounter 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 encounter. <laughs> well, because it, it starts to turn into a video game of why am I here to kill a thing? Why aren't okay. we killing the thing yet? Because there's things in the way. Well, let's kill them. All right, now we're at the thing. Yep. So when I talk about progression, I mean like, um, okay, I want there to be. A big opening fight, mm-hmm. a mystery in the middle, and then a social encounter at the end. Yes. Or I want there to be a, a creepy beginning, a dungeon crawly middle, big fight at the end. Oh, yes. So it, uh, th- that's kind of what I mean with pro- progression for people who didn't understand. <laughs> um Hey, I, do you think we should you think we should move into making this dungeon? I think so, too. And for this... Uh, Dungeon Builder in particular, because I believe this will be the first of many to come. Yeah. Um, I think we should adapt your way of building dungeons. And perhaps at a later time, we'll tackle mine and maybe improve upon it, too. Okay. Um, so let's look into, before we even start, our polls. Because we did that. We did. <laughs> and we actually had several people answer. So thank you so much for yeah. taking part of that. Um, oh, for sure. Thank you, everyone who voted. You're you're the best. You're adding to this. You're, oh, yeah. You're a part of this dungeon. We even like had cool way. a couple people email in their answers because, well, well, you know, social media is a thing. Yeah. But we appreciate all the answers that were sent in. So thank you. So uh, these are our answers. Uh, we asked uh, for uh, between a level range and 5 to 10 won by 82%. So a lot of people wanted that. A lot of people <laughs> wanted that. Uh, we asked, what kind of terrain do we find in this dungeon? 
urban one with 45 percent excited about forest zip (laughs) zero nada they're done with the elves no more elves no more elves get the fuck out of here um and uh (laughs) the motivation which we thought was uh gonna have a tiebreaker did not because we had two write-ins with opposing answers so it's tied again (laughs) yep of rescue mission and treasure so the rescue mission is for the treasure and we'll get into how that works later i already have an idea about that so we'll we'll think about it uh the boss is a beast one with 45 percent over humanoid or other in comments which there were some pretty good ones oh yeah uh so we need to build a dungeon for uh fifth to ten level players i can't speak Mm -hmm. uh in an urban dungeon with a rescue mission for treasure Who's being captured or whatever by beast? Yeah, or at least guarded. <laughs> yeah, this should be fun. Oh yeah. We're, uh, so, we I guess we should start. At, so we're doing mine. Yeah, let's start okay. with you. Um, we're we're okay. So we start with story reason. Okay. What is your idea for this this rescue treasure? Okay, so hear me out. Imagine, if you will. <laughs> Imagine, if you will. That's a deep cut for comedy button fans, <laughs> if if you know it. Um, this treasure is also the rescue mission because a djinn wants you to pick up a lamp. See, I was going to the similar thing. Like I, one of the things that I thought about was like, what if, uh, what if it was a, a wondrous figurine yeah. got like put in this treasure and it was, and we could even, <gasps> oh, we can make it figurine. all, yeah, <laughs> what, what, it could be even really serious. Like what if it was like the, the, the person's dog? Oh my god! That, that's that because that, when you say rescue mission, it's always just like, oh, I gotta help something mean, man. Yeah. And this one's like, it's a doggo that can't. He's stuck in the figurine he's form. He's stuck. Oh. <laughs> I really like that one. <laughs> so we uh, okay, but at the same time, well, I don't know. For for me, like I like I like the gin idea, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking fifth to tenth level players dealing with a gin. <laughs> And I, knowing my players and how they're like, ah, it's weird. Kill it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then just getting obliterated. <laughs> That's also, understandable. Also, you got to, the, the other thing for me is urban setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think the, what they're being hired to do should still fit into the urban setting. Yeah. So we could have it where it's like, it's a really rich person who's like, I turned my dog into a wondrous figurine so it would live forever. And now Or it's... what if it was like their parent's dog and they yeah. grew up with it and the parent passed away and the only thing they got left yeah. is that wondrous figurine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write down this, this. Like it was an inherited treasure and it was their dog. Oh. <laughs> rich person's dog figure. <laughs> uh, okay. So that's part of the plot. Yeah. Why was it stolen? I kind of want to say on accident. Because considering the big bad in the end, the thing guarding it is a beast. Oh, man. Okay. um, Man, I feel feel like that's asking two questions. Like, okay, when we say boss, are we saying the person that orchestrated this theft or the thing that is guarding the treasure? Hmm. This this might be a skipping ahead a little bit, but I kind of had I don't I don't even know if they are a beast technically, but um, what are Otiugs? <laughs> oh God, Otiugs are monstrosities. They're monstrosities. I ah, because that would have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> the trash compactor of D and D monsters. Yeah, just major throwback and uh, to Ben <laughs> DMing for fourth edition. 
Oh, that Otiog encounter. <laughs> Dude, fucking Otiogs are the best. They really are. I, I enjoy them a lot. And in my game, we currently have a little Otiog who's about to be born. He's a little egg. Mm-hmm. Um, like, imagine, like, a shark egg that's, like, as big as your head. Um, and so they've been, like, <laughs> incubating him. They're aberrations. They're aberrations. Ah, okay. Maybe next time. This is also good because it's given us, like, you know, you know confining things though like yeah you can't just like go freaking nuts on it like just have it as an arcanoloth is the bad thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be a bit much i feel um so okay let, let, let's put down that question is yeah. the beast the ringleader or the the brute that's protecting the treasure okay i think it's the brute brute what okay. if it's like the ringleader's pet in a in a case of symmetry <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, like, so you gotta fight it. Is it? Oh, but does that mean that, like, the guy who cried about the rancor is the bad guy? <laughs> he made me feel so bad as a kid. I was like, yay, the monster's dead. And then you started crying. Like, yeah, no. it's like, no. <laughs> okay, uh, boss quotation uh, is Guardian. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that gives us more leeway with how this was stolen. Yeah. So. Was it like this was a heist and they just started grabbing shit and mm-hmm. this was one of the things? Or is this like a target? Like he wants to add to his menagerie of, of wacky oh. pets. And a pet that can live forever is kind of a cool thing. That, if we do this menagerie of things, that opens up this dungeon even more. Because I was like, we can't cheat <sighs> and just have it true. like an underground thing. But if this is like this dude's menagerie of fucking crazy shit. This opens up so much stuff. Like, uh, uh, have you seen the Dark Souls 2 uh, area where it's just a menagerie of beasts? Yes. And then there's the chance where, like, <laughs> God, six yeah. mimics come running after you. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> so, like, I, I I really like that. So this was targeted. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Target heist. Not a heist of a Target store, but a targeted <laughs> heist. Okay. What if it was... Like a carnival or something going through town, and that's how they're getting away with it. I know. I. 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 I like for some reason, I'm pil- I'm picking up the concept of like TARDIS, where it's like bigger on the inside, kind of dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> the the oh okay I I see what you're saying. Um. Hmm. Because the the thing with that one would be like the. I feel like that would have less urban setting somehow. That's true. Yeah. Because I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about like what the 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 pulse of like when I'm, like I said, there's the way to cheat with doing a dungeon or yeah. something like that. <laughs> but I kind of feel like we should try to do like an actual like in a house thing. We can yeah. still do the TARDIS thing where crap's bigger on the inside. Because I mean, some I mean, if you think about um, Harry Potter, the Fantastical Beasts, right? It's like yeah. some creatures are too big to fit in a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I I think I think doing a TARDIS house. In fact, I, I want, I'm going to write down TARDIS house. This kind of is starting to feel like whoever our uh, ringleader is is a magic user. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, perhaps. Because of the because of the stuff this person has and mm-hmm. and all that stuff, I think it's a really good thing that we're having the beast be the boss mm-hmm. because this person is sounding way too powerful <laughs> for fifth to ten level players yeah. to take on. 
Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, yes, it sounds like some sort of archmage. Like, like I kind of like the idea of titling this this dungeon while you were away. <gasps> yes. <laughs> That's the whole point. Like, whoever put them onto this was like, yeah, no, he goes away for this amount of time, and now's your only chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I really like that. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, because the, the, the rich person who got, you know, stolen from, yeah. they've been doing their research. Yeah. And they and have their like, own private investigators. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like <laughs> Batman sort of stuff. Like, they've done the, the investigation investigation vision they followed the weird smoke trails all they're missing is actually being batman yeah being able to go in there and kick their own ass you know (laughs) their own ass (laughs) okay so the rich person has done investigation Mm -hmm. uh that is the setup um also like if this for me like you know at a bookstore i would just give them the spiel of like this rich person wants you to find this. They've done an investigation. You're here, blah, blah, blah. But this, that rich person could be really fun to role play through this and oh, like 100%. present what they found. Yeah, because now you have a chance to create a whole new NPC. Is he wacky? Are they serious and brooding and they just happen to have this <laughs> just dog that can't die? Mm-hmm. Do they love the dog? Are they just like through just re- responsibility, they have to have it back? <laughs> okay, so the actual like villain is a wizard yeah um so i feel like we've got enough story right now that we could start building stuff off of this so we've got rich person's dog figurine stolen targeted heist and the rich person has done an uh investigation to figure out that this wizard owns a menagerie and they're out at you know semi-long periods of time this is the only time that they can strike to get it back yeah that that sounds okay it sounds like we actually have something coming together here so <laughs> In that regard, so on my list, this would be villain, but we already have a villain that they're not going to fight. Who mm-hmm. is the boss? This is where we get interesting. So how do you normally go about finding a boss? So um, something that I like to do, I like to cheat a little bit because there are plenty of actual supplements online where it says like separating things by creature type and by CR. And I actually have one of those, but for those that don't have that, there's the wonderful Xanathar's Guide. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, I like to look for inspiration from there. Uh, there's like specifically pages like, I don't know, what were they? It was um, 92 to 112. Mm-hmm. It's the random encounter tables. They're broken up by terrain and they're broken up by levels. Granted, this isn't broken down by creature type or anything like that. But it gives me an idea of like, how many things can really handle one thing, right? So it's like it says, oh, urban encounters level 5 through 10. Mm-hmm. For example, it says 2d6 giant centipedes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this gives me an idea of like what a group of four level 5 through 10 characters can handle. Yeah. Um, considering we're looking at a boss creature or like the end game creature, I would probably go towards like urban encounters level 11 through 16 mm-hmm. and see if they either have like a a creature or like 1d4 creatures or something like that and i kind of like to go in there and and uh look for inspiration okay how do you do things um i go to D beyond that's a smart way to do it and i <laughs> put in a filter mm-hmm. for like right now i'm looking at fifth to tenth level creatures yeah and i i kind of browse books the way that i did when i was a child what thumbnail looks cool yeah. No, and that's probably the best way to do it. Um, for those that don't have D&D Beyond, it's a little bit more of a tracking situation. 
And I definitely recommend you look up a supplement from the DMs Guild that just easily charts out like here's beasts. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, there's a bunch of good ones mm-hmm. for that. Um, especially if you have like specific things in mind. But if you're just trying to get like pull something out of thin air, then uh, what Trevor's doing actually works out really well. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, my God, this this I swear this filter is not actually working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what what was the creature that you were talking about before we started recording? That freaking beholder kraken thing. Oh, the the Mokoth. Morkoth. Morkoth? <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a crazy thing. Uh, Brian brought it up on the Twitter polls. Where, where where's that Volos guy? <laughs> I want to see this thing because I want to see what CR it is because it's crazy. And I I think it's really high. I think it's either like eighteen or something like oh, that. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that's too much. <laughs> it's too much. I mean, is it though? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. So a few times, uh, CR eleven. Oh. So um, sometimes when I am doing these and I find a creature, that I'm like, oh, I really want to do that. I will do it in a and lower its stats, mm-hmm. or I'll raise its stats. Um, this would be going for a tenth level adventure. Um, I think because you know, or we, I, I guess we could do like eighth and make it challenging yeah. at the end with this thing. Yeah. So I kind of like it. So for people who aren't sure what a Morkoth is, it is a Beholder Kraken. It's it's a mix between the two. It's it's a brilliant, yeah. lovely mix. Yeah. Uh, ancient and uh, devious Morkoths are uh, what is that? Vorcacious. Voracious? Voracious. <laughs> uh, voracious collectors. Oh, each one travels uh, the planes uh, amassing the uh, valuables, oddities, and cast-offs of the multiverse to make uh, its collection ever more complete. Are you saying that our orchestrator, our villain, is a Morkov? What if... Because <laughs> I am actually kind of liking that Go idea. with me now. What if... Oh, but it, oh, see, here's the thing, though. We got it's, uh, It was a beast. Yeah. This is an aberration. I screwed up my whole plan. No, no, no. See, the Morkoth is the orchestrator. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Not necessarily our end game boss fight. Okay, well, okay. We'll keep that in Because they collect things. So it's like a collector. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Which makes me want to include some sort of underwater aspect of this this house. Because <laughs> that's where... They, they, Morkoths are sea-dwelling, technically, creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I didn't also put the, like, search parameter of beast. (laughs) (laughs) Apply. Uh, Okay, so. Oh, boy. There is not a lot of beasts in this area. There's a giant crocodile. Huge giant crab. Giant enemy crab. Um, See, you know, something that can make a CR rating 5, like a giant crocodile, for example, a lot more difficult is mucking around with the encounter itself oh yeah but like um, like, you know like i was saying like i i usually go for like what is cool yeah what's something different and honestly you know what i kind of just landed on huh what is like the coolest scene from a movie in 1994 Jaws? Jaws? Jaws was in the 70s. So, no, no, I just, sorry. I'm just saw a giant shark right now, and I'm like, ooh. Oh. <laughs> sorry, 1994? What? Um, uh, Jurassic, was it 92? Jurassic Park came in 94. 93. 93. That's the one. 
friggin' the T-Rex, the T-Rex. In, at the end with it in the building with the sign coming down. Oh. What if it was a freaking T-Rex? Oh my god. T-Rex. <laughs> there is a T-Rex in the city. <laughs> the, yeah, that's the thing. Like It's like, oh crap, not only do we have to get this figurine, but if this T-Rex gets out, everything's screwed. Oh my god. I, I actually kind of really like that. I... I like the dinosaur idea. <laughs> let's, let, 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 let's do it. Boss is a T-Rex. <laughs> I am. Is it a zombie T-Rex? We'll find I out. We'll find out. Because that could be cool too. Yeah. Um. Okay. Tell you what. We are going to stop here and do our DMs Guild Spotlight. We mm-hmm. have talked for quite a bit. And um, the DMs Guild Spotlight is important this week. Yes, it is. So, DMs Guild is doing a fantastic thing right now, which is called Fight Fire with Games. Mm-hmm. It is a bundle. Uh, it is a bunch of different bundles. Eight of them. Eight of them uh, that are $10 each, and they come with, like, the one I'm looking at right here, uh, The it's the Adventures League one, is $158 value for $10. Mm-hmm. Every cent of this, from what I understand, yes. is going to Australia for the uh, Wildfire Fight. Yeah, and as of this recording, they've raised $147,000 towards Australia. Um, It's kind of amazing. And as a little side note, yesterday, before the Bloodhunter dropped, it was $80,000. Today, after the Bloodhunter dropped, because it's now included in the the content creator's bundle, it bumped up $67,000 overnight. So yeah, the the Blood Hunter thing that we talked about earlier, you can get in one of these bundles. Mm-hmm. So you pay two dollars more than you normally would, and you get a bunch of other uh, creator content as well. Yeah, so there's a lot of cool bundles in there that you can choose from, um, even to help like specify what your personal needs are. Uh, the one I personally chose was Fantasy Supplement Bundle. Um, in there, I got what I mentioned earlier was that DMs Guild like bullet journaling I gotta get that. supplement, I love bullet journaling. which. Sounds so cool. And in that same bundle was like barkeepers of the fantasy realms. And it's like, there's so many cool things in Mm -hmm. there that I had no idea of. And now I have access to all these cool things. I have like so many new things in my library right now. It feels so good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we're we're not talking about one specific one like Mm -hmm. that we're pointing you towards. We're pointing towards all of them. Find what works for you, what you would like to use, and oh, yeah. donate some money to Australia because they need it right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, get some good stuff and do it for a good cause. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that several times. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, go check that out. We're going to post a link to it on Twitter like we normally do. Uh, and if you just want to go listen, uh, do it right now where you're listening to this, uh, it's on DMs Guild and it's on several of the front page, like newest and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You'll see it with a D20 with two axes behind it. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to making this dungeon. I'm okay. excited about it. <laughs> I, I know. I, I gotta be honest. Like before this, I was like, I have no idea what we're going to do. Urban. I'm not good at urban. Now I'm just like, this is it. This mm-hmm. is good. This mm-hmm. is really, I like it. So. We've got uh, we got a lot of things going on. Um, henchmen. Yeah. That's the next thing on the bullet point list. So one of the things that I was thinking for henchmen-wise was just the things that this person has collected mm-hmm. in there. Well, I said person, but we might be thing now. Who knows what it is? I don't know. Wizard, octopus man, whatever. Uh, very powerful spellcaster. Yeah, there we go. Um, So... One of, one of the things that I've been throwing around in my head while we were talking about this was um, what is in this place. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I'm I had the idea of about invisible servants. See, I like that concept better than what I was having in my head because initially I was thinking, oh, the caretakers. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have dryads in there. You could have like all sorts of rogues who are just like handling shit behind the scenes, behind the curtains. But then it was like, well, then you get put in this upper interesting position of, uh, is he really a bad guy just because he stole a thing? Or is he like actually keeping care of these animals? It's yeah. that same concept of questioning the morality of zoos. And at that point, I don't mm-hmm. want to embrace that concept because yeah. we're not trying to a little bit of escapism. <laughs> yeah. Like one, one of the things that I was thinking of is like these invisible servants are there. And because these are lower level players, they're most likely not going to be able to spot them. Yeah. The DM could give them the choice of doing that. But these invisible servants are basically setting off the things that they're fighting room to room. Yeah. Where it's awakening the, you know, if we have like, you know, animated stuff because, you know, animated armor and stuff is fun. I love the idea of just rugs of smothering, animated swords and yeah. shields and that yeah. armor, just like the classic like, Renaissance Like the Mary hallway. Poppins scene, but from Nightmares. Oh, God, <laughs> yes. Um, and then, because one of the things that I had a problem with when we were talking about it is like, I, again... I love the idea of the T-Rex, mm-hmm. but my thing was, how does that get presented? Does just a T-Rex show up? Mm-hmm. But what if it was like, maybe the players have figured out that there's invisible servants and stuff. They're trying to stop it and they break this, the, um, God, what is that spell called? Imprisonment? Yeah. Yeah. They, they basically break this like, you know, th- the spell that's keeping it frozen in place and in time. And then this T-Rex just starts messing stuff up. Ooh, I like that because... A T-Rex is way too gosh dang, like, <laughs> dangerous to just be kind of let loose about. Exactly. So, like, I like, I, I had the idea in my head that, like, this T-Rex is kind of there, like, like in the Batcave. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got that that stuffed T-Rex yeah. there. Kind of like that. But then, like, an invisible servant goes over, and it's alive. Um, <laughs> so, I think having invisible servants as the quote-unquote henchmen would be really fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see, invisible. I'm spelling that wrong. I don't care. <laughs> uh, invisible servants, uh, mm-hmm. and that frees us up to do things room to room. Yeah. Um. So, before we get into those rooms, though, what do we? So, how many encounters, and what's the progression we're going for? Mm-hmm. So, getting in the mind of this dude, right? Does he carry it's, it's a menagerie technically. The word is mm-hmm. it can mean multiple things. I think he can have more than just beasts. He could have monstrosities. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. No, I, uh, what, yeah. But but I'm saying like let, yeah. let's let's back up a little yeah, bit yeah, further yeah. than that and just go to like okay, let, let's do it this way for yeah. our easy sake. How many uh quick encounters do we want to design right now? Probably three and then the boss fight. Okay. I um, was thinking four. Yeah, because like three to four, definitely. Oh, you said three and then the boss fight. Yeah. That's what, it, 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 the exact same thing. Different <laughs> words. That's how that works. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to do you know, four encounters. Um, now, what I kind of do with with this when I'm thinking about it is I kind of split them up into this so headspace. Mm-hmm. The first room is different from the two middle ones, which are then different from the boss room. Okay. So splitting up into that, that's the kind of progression I'm going for. What's the feel of the first room? What's the feel of the two rooms to follow? What's the feel of the boss fight? Mm-hmm. So obviously because we're doing a T-Rex and stuff like that, our in thing is a boss fight. It is the quintessential big nasty thing yeah. that's trying to kill things. Yes. 
So what would we want the first two sections of this adventure to be? So I want something in these rooms that will set up the boss fight, like a possible mechanic to teach, I guess, so to speak. Um, and something that just popped in my head is using the rugs of smothering as almost a trap that they can use against the T-Rex. Mm. Where it's like the rugs of smothering don't get activated themselves until something steps on it. Because the invisible servants don't step on things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like the only people that would trigger it would be invaders or thieves. It's true. I don't think a rug of smothering is going to mess up a T-Rex. No, though. but it can restrain it for a turn. That's true. Which can help. That's true. <laughs> So, like, it won't mess them up, but it can aid. Well, because hmm. one of the things I'm thinking about is, like, so does this this person just have rugs of smothering all over the place? You know, I've played uh, Idle Champions. <laughs> 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 There's entire goddamn hallways <laughs> of animated things. <laughs> okay. And instead of, like, a ton of rugs of smothering, like, you know, oh. the, the really long runners. Each... Each exhibit has a rug of smothering in front of it. Yeah. So that if someone tries to go up to it, yeah. it just fucking attacks. Yeah. So these two other rooms could teach that um, by having... So I think what we're going to need to do here <laughs> is in order to teach the players that we're going to have to put things there that they want to use in the combat mm -hmm. that then gets them attacked by a rug of smothering. True. Um, but then we also have to have it where we have things that are in there purposefully step on it so that it shows that the bad things get attacked by it too. Yeah, because you don't want to just pull a Mad Max and just have the players be there and be like, mm -mm, that's bait. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now um, what is the DC on getting out of a rug of smothering? So creatures grappled escape DC 13. Okay. That's very doable. That is very doable. Mm-hmm. Now, is that check made at the end of a turn? Um, until this grapple ends, the target is restrained, blinded, and at the risk of suffocating. This is if, yeah, this is the smothering action, yeah. by the way. And at the risk of suffocating, and the rug can't smother another target. So at the start of each of the target's turns. At the start. Okay. Yeah. So the reason I ask that is because one of the things I don't want to do is I don't want to take turns away from players if they... Just for trying to pass the save. Yeah. Well, like the way the escape turn, like the escape DC works, is that they use their action to do the escape check. Well, that says at the start of their turn. What what is the wording on it? It says at the start of each of the target's turns, the target takes bludgeoning damage. Oh. But it says the creature is grappled, so this is just a sake of how to break a grapple. Hmm. That's how you get out of it. Yeah. And then what's the damage on it? Two d six plus three, so around ten. And what's the CR? Two. Okay. Okay. So it's like, it's it's not nothing. Yeah. But it's enough to hinder. Yeah. I, I, I'm mostly thinking of like CR. Yeah. Uh, of, or like a level for players. Yeah. I think if we do a higher level player one, uh, this is going to be a lot easier to do because it is going to, because the, the way to think about it is not in terms of the damage they're going to take, but the amount of turns it puts them out of. Mm-hmm. And... Ideally, they're not losing a bunch of turns on this, but it could happen. Yeah. Um, but it could also happen for the bad stuff. So for two and three, for the, the, the flow of this, I'm trying to think like, 
Oh, oh, because uh, I, I, I even said the thing about, like, them wanting to use stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, maybe that could be taught in the first room. Yeah. So the first room could just be a lesson. So that would be the rug of smothering and that's like technically stuff. the encounter is the lesson itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, for two and three, I kind of feel like one of the aspects we haven't really messed with in this dungeon is the you know the tardiness of it. <laughs> uh, the mm-hmm. so like playing around with the fact that these rooms are bigger, these rooms don't really connect well. I was kind of tempted to think about like a Scooby Doo scene. Yeah. Like a hallway where doors just go to random doors. <laughs> so this is semi-cheating, but like I designed this room before mm-hmm. for the failed uh, adventure season thing that I recorded with the, oh. <laughs> with, with the, the guys that was going to be uh, adventure season two right. or whatever it was. Um, I designed this thing where it was a puzzle of doorways and they had to figure out going by an element that was on a pedestal and the, a symbol that was under the pedestal along with symbols that were above the doorways. Okay. That one's a little too overly complex. The yeah. more that I talk about it. <laughs> so I think that the two and three, uh, could be, uh, a puzzle. And the way that we signify two ending and going into three is the solving of something. So this would go like lesson puzzle boss. And the lesson is for the boss. But the lesson also uh, applies during the puzzle. Okay. Um, so the question there would be like, what what is a simple type of puzzle we could play with that is rooms? Oh, gosh. Yeah. <sighs> See, this is where I start going too far down a rabbit hole. And I'm trying to pull <laughs> myself back. See, I'll be able to pull you back because I can't even get, I can't even look into a rabbit hole right now. I, I'm really bad at thinking about puzzles because I always look them up beforehand because I, I can't think of anything Well, else so, head. so instead of it thinking mm-hmm. about it just like in terms of like it being a door that you need to ask a question or something like that, it could uh, simply be like, um, oh, okay, how about this? So for room two, the room locks down. Mm-hmm. They need to grab something. From there, like Legends of the Forbidden Temple style. They got to grab something in there to put on the door. Okay. In order to open it. And again, they've already learned the lesson of the smothering rugs. Yeah, so they shouldn't step on it. So they need to do it ranged. Yeah. Okay. So they so that could just be the kind of the puzzle thing that's going into there while also keeping the lesson going with the rug of smothering. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, room three... Um, oh, oh, I got it. Room three is getting the right room to connect to that room. Yes. So it's kind of like a, (laughs) yeah, I um, like that. It's kind of like a hub and the puzzle is figuring out how to make that room connect to this room. We could connect skill checks to this. Oh yeah. Because like the answers could be technically like dinosaurs (laughs) dinosaurs <laughs> like having a nature yeah, check yeah, based yeah. off of like well what does this thing represent and so they kind of go through it and maybe have wait, like wait what what is a dog categorized as beast. is it is it a beast it's a beast uh mastiffs are beasts but see that's the thing so they put you put the uh wonders figurine of a beast in the beast room yeah okay i like that mm-hmm. now i don't for time's sake 
I don't think we're going to go through and build these puzzles, <laughs> but we got the idea of it Yeah, there. the idea of them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so puzzle two is um, escape. Like, so it's an escape room. And then puzzle three, is, or the room three, would be um, connecting rooms. So connection. Um, okay, so we've got our flow. We've got lesson, puzzle, boss. We've got four rooms. Um, if I was designing this for anything outside of the bookstore or this thing, I'd probably do more. I would probably turn this thing into a pretty big dungeon because I feel like there's a lot of possibilities here. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, what's cool is that this is the kind of dungeon where you can revisit. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not found out, <laughs> he doesn't know that you're in there. Yeah. Totally. Okay, so... Or if they did find you out, this can set up a villain, a reoccurring mm-hmm. one. A reoccurring <laughs> one. Okay, so uh, the lesson, what is that room like? Because now we're getting into rooms. Mm-hmm. What is what is the purpose of that room when it's not a dungeon? That's kind of what I like to think about with rooms to make it less video gamey. To kind of make it feel still like a villain, um, a trophy room. Trophy room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, and that and there could still be things on the pedestals that mm-hmm. is making them want to use it. Yeah. Um, I do kind of like the idea because you know there's the whole power gain thing here. I do like the idea of letting players be powerful in this room. Yeah. But none of that stuff can leave the room. It can't. No. <laughs> like. I, I, maybe the doorways that they walk through are like Dark Souls style, like misty things. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and when they walk through, the thing's gone. Like, okay, so going into the example of like there's different multi dimensional spaces in there, um, this guy wants to go and look at his own stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm imagining if he's going into a new room, <laughs> for some reason I'm imagining a museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like on the wall next to the, on the other side of the door, is a new set of equipment. And it's like, that equipment can only be for this room because it's specific to this room. So like you could have um, environmental effects with it too. Mm-hmm. So like we could have like an ice room, <laughs> have like ice skates or yeah. like pick boots or something like that. Um, and so like in a jungle room where probably the dinosaur would be, <laughs> it would be like, it, you could be really cheesy with an oh, like safari really hat. theme it. Yeah, have like a safari hat or something like that and like a machete. Okay. <laughs> So, so this is like museum trophy room. Yeah. And I kind of like the, 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 the image of like having this jungle looking place. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a museum style pedestal with a rug in front of it or yeah. around it or something like that. God, can there be a plaque? <laughs> That'd be really good. Um, okay. Uh, so then room two. So this is the escape room. This could be the cold one and that could actually put a timer on it like an escape room mm-hmm. where you're getting fatigue. Ooh, yeah. And that would just even if you're playing at a higher level, that could bring you down to that point. My only the only issue with that bit is that it's more fun to bring characters up than to bring them down. I I because we're playing with this like power level thing, mm-hmm. going and grabbing stuff like what if there's like gear on the wall that's to help prevent cold. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, here's the thing. And this is the thing that I, I know somebody's probably already thought of. It's just like, oh, well, you could just mage hand it. 
Oh, I know. I thought of that immediately. And, and it's just like, yeah, you could. That's totally an answer. That's yeah. probably what the dude does every time he goes down to the look at him. Well, also, like, if we keep going with this Morkoth thing, he doesn't walk. He doesn't walk, yeah. Um. So... <laughs> Um, I think that is a fine answer because, and your players are going to think like, oh, I've outsmarted this. No, all you did is you saved a turn. You're learning what's going to help you with mm -hmm. the boss fight. Yeah. So I, I think that is going to be, I think that's fine to have that like simple puzzle solved thing. Definitely. Plus if the wizard's busy during combat, somebody <laughs> else got to go get Okay. So the second room is an ice room. Mm -hmm. Third room, because like, I, because you kind of have that hub idea. What about kind of like a Ravnica style, like, um, s s uh, electric punk sort of thing? Okay. Yeah. A lot of devices and stuff like that. A lot of different options. Yeah. The players will want to look into. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I like so, that. Um, so we're just going to do, I'm going to do electric punk because that sounds cool. And then fourth room, I really like the jungle idea. Mm -hmm. Um, it fits in with the beast thing yeah uh I, I i really do like i think that would be a fun one to do and you can describe the humidity and stuff like that and the shift in it oh yeah think yeah. full on to an annihilation yeah. it's 100 degrees in this room yeah. your hair is just freezed out i realize <laughs> that we're getting away from the urban setting <laughs> but yeah. the first room is gonna be very urban the setup for it is very urban so i was thinking to bring it back into urban mm -hmm. um the this will this will probably take some working around, but the dinosaur chases them out of that room. See, that was a thing. I thought about ways of having that be a threat, mm -hmm. but I don't see a way to really do that without being scripted. I like the idea of it being an option, mm -hmm. but uh, I I try to steer away from scripted events, which is like the the invisible servants being in here is kind of my get around for it, and it still has a chance that people can spot it. Yeah, um, I think that would be a cool option. Like, if the dinosaur sees a chance to escape, yeah, it'll somehow, take it. Because players will find a way. Oh, yeah. They'll be like, oh, let's just go for the thing. <laughs> and then they, oh, and then the dinosaur just leaves. Because mm -hmm. then you could bust out the chase rules from the DMG. Yeah. Um. So for this trophy room, so mm -hmm. like, so we got, we got the layout, we got the room ideas. So this would be where I'm drawing it out. Yeah. So... You know, the first thing that, you know, because it's a very simple idea of just this square room. But we could have some fun with it and still keep this urban feeling going and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, we could do, like, a U-shaped room. Like, where they come in from one side of it. The trophies are all throughout this, like, area. Oh, this foyer like, yeah. area. Then there's this long hallway. And then what is going to start letting them know that things are not right is they loop back around to where they, like, the direction they came, they came in, in mm -hmm. and then there's something wrong. Yeah, because that's also playing with the multidimensional concept yes. as well. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we can even have it that this building is described as being very thin and narrow and small. <laughs> like San Francisco, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I think doing that is going to give us some playroom because, you know, you're going to have the rouge that goes around the corners and then something happens. They see something super shiny and they got to go get it. And then the rug is smothering and then they get into combat. And then the archers down at the end trying to shoot stuff around the corners and stuff. So playing with these sight lines, mm -hmm. I think would be a really fun thing to do for this first encounter. Yeah. Also presents the opportunity, like, cause these trophies, are they also like in a stasis? See, that's the thing. I think this is where we have the animated objects. 
Okay, just pure. <laughs> yeah, this is where we have the flying swords, the animated armor, mm-hmm. all that stuff, and um, have it be set off by the... Um, this is his first line of defense of no one else but me should be in here. Yes. Yeah. But it's also, and again, going into that kind of beholder thing, bragging. Yeah. Literally, I the have first a thing you walk hall into of animated is trophies. Things. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I like that. So uh, let's see. So first room, we've got um, invisible servants, but they're eh, probably not going to be any kind of combat. Um. And then, so what are what are some CRs for animated stuff? So, um, starting alphabetically, animated armor is CR1. Okay. Um, they do have blind sight, which may or may not be impactful at this point in level because people do have invisibility. I guarantee you the, rug going, the rogue going up first may or may not be invisible if they have a wizard friend. Um, they do also have multi-attack, so it's, it's just something, it's a little beefy. <laughs> Sorry, I just found some stuff that is going to be very helpful for us. Go, mm-hmm. Keep going. Uh, the flying sword, it's CR one fourth. Um, they have very little hit points, but they have fifty feet of movement. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, they also, the it's their damage is just a regular long sword plus one. Mm-hmm. So it's not strong, but if there's a lot of them, <laughs> um. Now, it's this isn't in the DMG, or not in the DMG, in the Monster Manual, but I know that people have made, like, flying shields and animated shields and stuff, and mm-hmm. those could be cool to throw in there, like, make a little one that's kind of based off of the flying sword, but not. Well, well so, I went to D&D Beyond, as yeah. I do, and I typed in animated. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of animated stuff from See? the Mad Mage's Dungeon. Oh, my God. That's awesome. So, like, an animated... Oh, so that was from Chris Stroud. Uh, animated Halberd. Animated Staff of Frost. Ooh. That's a CR4. Animated Stove. That's CR3. Oh my God. Animated Statue is a CR12. <laughs> so, we're not going to throw that one in there. You but, can have a broken statue and just have the lower half. Oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> Actually, let me see. Does uh, what it has magic resistance? It has spell casting. So yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Cut the thing's health in half mm-hmm. and have it as a half thing, and it's just kind of this statue ballista throwing <laughs> spells. Uh, I might cut its its spell list in half though, because like it's got globe of invulnerability. I was thinking of finger of death, <laughs> cutting it to the bottom half of just being two large legs. <laughs> I really, oh my god, it's just kicking out yeah. spells. Yeah, <laughs> and it's only got like probably like fourth level, mm-hmm. maybe fifth. Cone of cold's fun. Ooh, that one that one can be murderous. <laughs> yeah, I can. That's uh, how's that adventure series two going, guys? <laughs> um, right, I didn't TPK the whole party. Nope. Um, okay, I kind of like the half animated statue. We can work on that. Um, and statue. Um, I do think we should have flying swords. Mm-hmm. And all of you are probably going like, oh my god, what are you guys doing to these players? The, this is stuff that we would work out later for time constraints. We're not going to sit and do the math. Or I wouldn't, and I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> That's how I am, though. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I do the same thing. I calculate. I barely calculate stuff. I'm like, but yeah, this, this stuff, should work. It's stuff you should do. So what's really cool about this encounter is you have the opportunity to have false animated things in there. Yes. You could have 18 swords on the wall, but only four of them are yeah. real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> well, also think about the fact that like this encounter, though, because we're putting these tempting things on there. 
is really it's going into the uses of detect magic and identify mm-hmm. during combat. Oh God. <laughs> and also it's going to make them so fucking paranoid. Yeah. Through the entire rest of the adventure. Cause guarantee you there are going to be multiple full suits of armor just hanging out just there. Yeah. In the hallway. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. You know, and whether or not they are or aren't actual I, animated, it's up to I, you. <laughs> I do think that they should travel through hallways between, yes. like, the like, extra-dimensional spaces. Definitely. Um, okay, so that is just a brief idea of that first room. Yeah. Um, and I drew out the little U-shape thing. Again, this would usually be in more detail. I would have my graph paper. I would be laying stuff out. But that doesn't make for a audio podcast <laughs> no so you know we'll 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 go with it as it is right now where i've got what's in there i've got a shape mm-hmm. and you know what i'm thinking for for layout like if we want to get into the nitty-gritty of description is like again stuff on the wall uh pedestals probably 10 to 5 feet apart with the rug in front of them yeah probably give them about 20 feet of space between each rug not the not the not the pedestals, but the rugs themselves, just so that they've got room for combat and stuff like that. Yeah. Or to teach them a lesson, do we want to bring that in? Mm-hmm. I I kind of like bringing it in. So yeah. maybe just do ten feet of a walkway between it. Yeah. To really confine them, so as soon as they step on one of those animated rugs, they're like, "Shit, this just got tighter." Mm-hmm. It, they think they have twenty feet, but they've got ten. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, okay. Okay. considering I, that rugs of smothering also technically are large. Oh my god, are they? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh well, it, it could be that they're under the pedestals. Yeah. And they just so, kind of pull out from under. Yeah, it. they cover at least fifteen feet. Yeah. Well, that's actually really good because I I did I was thinking about the problem. I'm like, well, they just come at it from another side. But if we have it underneath it, mm-hmm. it actually be kind of cool visually if like they pull out from under the pedestal. Oh. They don't actually the pedestals don't actually touch the ground. Oh, yeah. They're suspended. As soon as it, what triggers it is anything touches it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, so we've got those. Oh, I, I didn't even write down the rugs of smothering. <laughs> and, like, we're going to throw... The, see, this is this is where it gets crazy. We're throwing in a shitload of rugs of smothering. Yeah. <laughs> to the point that if they all went off, it'd be a murder fest. But that's mm-hmm. the point. Yeah. They're not. No, they, they're not going to all go off at once. They're, they're only triggered if someone steps on them. Yes. That is the magical thing. About it. Like the, the invisible servants can't set them off. Mm-hmm. They can set off the animated stuff, but they can't set off the rugs. Yeah. That's an important thing. So room two, I'm going all over. I'm going to post the picture of this, <laughs> of this mess later. It's going to be great. <laughs> so room two, uh, what are we thinking for shape? Mm. So it's an ice room. Yeah. Now, when I think ice, yes, I think Legend of Zelda. Oh, I was thinking Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Ooh, good one. <laughs> Chill. Oh, God. Um, so I think like Zelda sort of things. And one of the things that I like, we're not doing the skating thing. No. Yeah, no. But one of the things that I liked, especially in Majora's Mask, uh, was their, the the... They're playing with verticality mm-hmm. with the ice where there were ledges that you had to get up on top of and stuff like that. You had to move the blocks to get there. I'm not saying we do that. Yeah. But having this room have levels to it. Like more vert- yeah, vertical levels. Yeah. To it. Yeah. And again, M- Morkoth doesn't need to walk. 
Yeah. So we could have these five foot ledges that they have to spend some of their movement to climb mm-hmm. to get the thing they need to get to the door. Yeah. And, and cause what what range is Mage Hand? So like thirty feet. Because it just needs to beat that range, just so that way they can at least at least do one little hurdle. Personally. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, Mage Hand is thirty feet. Yeah. Um, or like you know, it could be that it's in a case. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, there's things you can do to get around that. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, what's in this room? Mm. A mammoth. A mammoth. Yeah. I think mammoths are CR eight. Six, I want to say. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I can't type. Ma'am. <laughs> That's all I put. Ma'am. CR six. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We could do. We could do a mammoth. That. So like having a small area in the middle and a mammoth there yeah. with these two kind of like stadium level things going up either side mm-hmm. and they're just having to try and get away from that with the animated rugs there and we need something ice methods <gasps> yes ice methods <laughs> that's perfect let's get some aerial shit in there <laughs> so then is this kind of like are we thinking just a full circle room and then like the two like almost the staircases quote going up the oh, round of it to make kind of like a half crescent shape. There's so many other things I could have gone to first, but I went to the end of the second fucking Fantastic Beast movie. <laughs> <laughs> kind of that thing where there's like a thing in the middle and like all of the things around. Ah, yeah. I don't know. I kind of, oh my God. I kind of like the idea that there's like, it's almost a hull. Yeah. But there's stuff going up on either side to keep that one spot in the middle small. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they got to get from one end to the other. Okay, ice, yeah. Now, ice methods are CR one half. Oh, you can... Yeah, there's a lot in there. <laughs> yeah, we could do a lot with They're that. the ones keeping the room cold. Well, actually, well, well, again, doing the whole menagerie thing, mm-hmm. what if he had them under the imprisonment spell, like frozen in time, and they just hung them with strings up on the ceiling, like animated <laughs> like that? Like, oh my gosh. And then the... Invisible servants wake them up, and they all just start flying like the fucking keys in Harry Potter. Okay. I like that. <laughs> so, okay. So, oh, my God. This room. So, this room's got kind of a rectangle shape to it. Because we got to have some length there. So, there is this hallway going down the middle where the <laughs> What are we doing? What the hell are we doing right now? This guy likes his collection. <laughs> all right. So, he's got the mammoth there. Mm-hmm. And then there's one level. Oh God, what? Two, two or three levels on each side. Three. Three? Oh my God! What are we doing? We're getting crazy. Because I think mammoths are also large. Oh yeah. So they'll be able to reach them. No, uh, the, they are huge. Probably huge. Oh, okay. Ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am. Us. Huge. Huge. Okay, so yeah, then if we say three, then that could give him a chance to get out of range of the mammoth. <laughs> but into direct range of the ice method. Shit. <laughs> right? Uh, these players are fucked. Uh, <laughs> all right, so mammoth. I still spelled mammoth wrong. Good God. I suck at spelling, listeners. Uh, mammoth, lots of methods. 
Uh, how do you spell method? I think it's like that. You're all going to laugh at my spelling. It's going to uh, be great. Uh, Mammoth and still rogues of smothering. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of dead air there while you wrote. Sorry about that. Um, oh, my God. Room three. I don't, like, again, I, I think coming up with a puzzle for this. Like, we skipped the puzzle for, for room two. It's just get the thing to the thing. Yeah. Um. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, you drew it from the side. I, I drew love it from it. the side angle, That's yeah. so good. I love it. So it's like two staircases, and in the middle is the mammoth, and almost like hung like little ornaments are the ice mephits above. I love that. Okay, so I've got I've got the shape of room three. Mm-hmm. They, it is a round room. Looks, I, I just drew a target. I drew that and made you and made it and like, oh yeah, she's gonna get what I'm saying. Target. Yeah. So it's a round room, but each of these layers is a spinning thing. Ooh. So it moves. Okay. So this is gonna take a lot, but like, I think it's cool. Like they're gonna have to align these. Oh, okay, okay. And I don't know how, but we'll we'll have it in there. Um, and they have to align them to get the door to open to the right thing. All right. Um, and we could have it set up where it's like the rich guy is just like, he has it in his beast room and we have something on the floor that signifies beasts or something like that. Like a, yeah. a claw or something like that with a paw. Um, getting into the Skyrim concept. Yeah. 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 Opening yeah, the, yeah, the doors yeah, no, totally. and the temples. Yeah. No. And, um, oh my God. You could have so much fun if they fuck it up. Oh my god! Yeah, like you can what build comes out of the door, like a encounters. fucking tentacle just whips out at them. <laughs> um, that could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a round room doing that. I'm not going to bother with the mechanics of that. But what are they fighting in here? What's the problem? What's stopping them from doing this? Um, this one is obviously not going to have a rug of smothering thing to it. No. I think. Yeah. I think what's the only thing that's stopping them is the concept of the puzzle itself. Like, that's the danger. Mm-hmm. Because if they do get it wrong, then something immediately is presents itself. Oh, okay. So what, what they get wrong is what comes out the fight. Yeah. But And if they just get it right, they just go through. Yeah. Because the T-Rex is suspended because it's dangerous. The other things are just, like, inconveniences. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Because I, I, I feel like there should be, like, because if they just walk in, they're like, oh, it's a claw. Just line them all to the claw. Mm-hmm. I feel like there should be something they have to do to, like, they move one disc, something happens. They move the next disc, something happens. Okay. <laughs> but then if they get it wrong, that's taking even more time. You could create a puzzle where, like, each aspect of this puzzle ring adds up to the concept of a beast room. And so, like, there's, like, one claw. <laughs> and then, like, the middle disc is, like... The one of somewhere in there is like the second part of the so, claw. So basically what we're saying is this room, we just want to go straight puzzle. I think that would be a good idea. Cause it would also present a breather and a break from just the fight, fight, fight. Okay. 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 So that one, we just puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, bad errors. <laughs> like if they get an error, like they fuck it up. It's bad. Okay. Yeah, there's repercussions for, for poor judgment. <laughs> so room four. Um, again, this is like, cause we're doing this puzzle thing or not puzzle thing, uh, jungle thing mm-hmm. can be pretty fun. I'm thinking even like having a cliff edge. Ooh. Yeah. Like having it. Cause again, you don't a need to walk. Bridge. You don't need to walk. 
a draw. Oh no, like the freaking rope bridge. Yeah, like out of Indiana Jones. Oh my god, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That makes me want to put more than a T-Rex in it. Like something bad on one side, something bad on the other side. Cuz it's keeping them separate. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And the drawbridge is just for the invisible servants. <laughs> well, again, cuz like I Okay, so like I'm drawing this out to like I'm going to start down here. This is the doorway. Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing, like, it comes out like this. I'm going to go over my words. <laughs> so, like, there's there's the first bit, like okay, this. Okay, so it's more like a natural enclosement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we still have, like, these exhibits going around. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we have some stuff from Cholton here, since we already got the T-Rex. What if one of them was like that four-armed gorilla? Oh, the gorilla, and yeah. Yeah. So we could have something over there for that. And yeah, then we a flail snail. <laughs> oh, oh my god, I love flail snails. Mm -hmm. Love me a flail snail. Um so then we got this bridge going across. And then I kind of like I even like the idea that the T-Rex is awake while they're fighting the other thing so they know they have to cross to fight a T-Rex. Oh my god, you could totally pull up a soundbite of like from Jurassic Park and just be like all of a sudden all the birds start chirping. And then you just hear the crazy loud T-Rex roar. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so like the goal Oh my god. Oh my god. How do you how do you write? Ah, okay. So, like, there's the goal on the other end. Yeah, the and newest then, edition. And then, like, this big box right there, that's the T-Rex. That's like, somewhere near the, the bridge itself. Yeah, and it's just, like, pacing, just like, come here, food. Yeah. Fucking come here, food. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. So, in here, we've got a T-Rex. Forearm gorilla. <laughs> Rugs are smothering. Um, and then invisible servants still. Yeah, and the key is that the rugs and submarine need to be in that second part, so that way they can use them to help. Oh yeah, yeah, the like, like I, I, yeah, I feel like they should be all over the place. Yeah, and again, that would be that would come into more detail with drawing it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just the concept of that help and fight. Okay, so that yeah, we okay. <laughs> see like th this is i'm not gonna say that th this is over 75 percent complete this would be like sitting down drawing it out doing all mm -hmm. that stuff um traps we i we got them we're good yeah we don't need it um and rewards i think you could do something with it like i don't want to say that you get like a freaking truth or like there a luck could sword. be other figurines of wondrous power there Oh, I kind of like that. Like, you could have the giant fly. You could have the eagle. You could have a panther. Like, you could have the two lions. Like, you could have them there. Oh, okay. Um, In their, you know, of course, stone state. Well, actually, now that I think about it, like, well, rewards, maybe what it is is they get wondrous figurines mm -hmm. from the rich guy when they get back. I kind of like the idea that they have something that's going to pull them back. Okay, yeah. So they don't have to go back through all of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they have that, that pulls them back. They get the, their own wondrous figurines. Um, and, but I think, uh, like treasure wise, it's just the stuff they're getting to use through this. Mm -hmm. Cause you could have a lot of fun with that. Oh yeah. Like, oh my God, you just have so much fun with the crap that you're going to put in there. Cause you know, they're only going to use it for this encounter. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> 
Oh yeah, you can have so much fun with this. <laughs> There's so many op like opportunities for you to throw in just random magical items in here. Mm -hmm. That one, they may or may not be worried about because yeah. of the animated objects that you've already thrown at them. You could put cursed artifacts in here and oh really have some fun. Yes. Um, like, while you, well, you pick up the sword, you can't uh, let go of it. and now <laughs> That's a favorite, yeah. And, well, but now you're also, like, a furbolg. <laughs> <laughs> or not for like, a, um, a femorian or some shit. Oh, my gosh. Like, that could just be funny. You could, mm -hmm. you could go hog wild with that. But I feel like we got a dungeon. I do, too. Yeah. I feel like this is an actually fully fleshed out dungeon. Uh, and, I, I mean, we could... Obviously, with with these sort of episodes, we could do more, but we're already at an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't want to take up too much of our listeners' time yeah. or, you know, ours as well. Um, but I I really liked this. I had fun with this. Me too. Um, it, it looks like a really fun dungeon to go through. Um, My, it could be a fun one-shot too. Mine look like the ramblings of a madman. <laughs> Mine's a little more organized, but yeah. we'll, we'll share them later. Yeah, I would, I'll would. i definitely post mm -hmm. this. I do like the while you were away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, so that's... That's us building the dungeon. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to end that one. Um, <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this wonderful journey. Yeah. Thank you for voting. Yeah. No, we're, we're definitely going to be doing this again. Um, and we'll have probably some similar questions, but different answers coming up again, too. Yeah. Um, like, okay, so this was, again, my bullet point list of making one. Allie talked about what hers is and what <laughs> might be changing with it. I want to know what yours is. Oh, yeah. I want to know, know how yours differs from mine <laughs> and what you find helpful with it um mm -hmm. write those in we'll probably we'll talk about them like when you guys send them in oh yeah it'll be awesome so you can send those in to difficultyclass at gmail.com and we'll talk about them sometime soon mm -hmm. also if you think that the way that we build dungeons is just absolute shite and this is a terrible thing <laughs> you know Let send those know. send those to your spam folder yeah um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let's, uh, before we end today's episode, let's go to some listener mail. Yeah. Because we got a couple of those. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say, uh, well, you know what? Let's start off with a really, really nice one from Henry. Uh, so Henry's, you know, he's, he's written in several times. Um, hey Henry. Hey Henry. Uh, he said, uh, "Just uh, just writing in to update you guys that I've taken the plunge into DMing and uh, took your advice on running the Lost Minds of Fendelver." Uh, I advertised it on one of my local Facebook groups and got six interested people messaging me uh, within half an hour. That's so cool. Session zero will be at the end of February, and I'm both extremely excited and nervous. Wish me luck. Good luck, Good Henry. Luck. Oh, my gosh. It's so fun. Yes. I We're, we're very proud of you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good job on taking that dive into DMing. That's yeah. awesome. Also, I love the thing. You post it. You don't, you're, you're taking the plunge into go and playing with some strangers. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's That's awesome. Um, I, I think that is something that can, you know, not only help you just socially, but also like help you as a DM. We've talked about DMing for strangers several times. Yeah. Uh, so the, I think, I think this is going to be a good experience mm -hmm. as long as they're not assholes. Don't be assholes. <laughs> and if that's the case, don't feel bad about dropping it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so good, good job, Henry. Way to go. Uh, the listener question we got is from Aaron. Uh, she wrote in with uh, an explanation of the question, but I think it's really going to come down to uh, the what she opens with. What are your thoughts on players changing characters during a campaign when there's no uh, death of the previous character to spark a change? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this has happened to literally every single one of my character changes in my Wednesday group. <laughs> um, 
no one's like fi- like fin- finale died in my game. However, I've gone through one, two, three, four, five character changes. Um, the reason being because uh, there, there's several reasons behind it. Basically, it's like either they've gone really bored with the character or they didn't realize what they were building before and they just need a new overhaul or like I just need a complete overchange because I'm not having fun. Mm-hmm. Like all these answers are acceptable. I just want us to have fun. And it's like, yeah, let's yeah. change them. Um, fun ways to go about that. Um, you can incorporate story into it. Mm-hmm. Um, consider the character's background. Um, something that I did initially was uh, Taylor's original character was Alvria. She kind of built her up to be kind of like Wednesday Adams, like brooding and like serious, Isn't but like dry humor. The at me? Yes. Yeah. Um, however, Taylor is a theater kid. She loves being just ecstatic and talkative and very much not Wednesday Adams as she, as she finds out and she's like I need a change of pace so I'm like okay well let's look at her backstory see why she would give this up to go back home maybe mm-hmm. and it's like okay so we found out that like she actually needs to go back home because well her parents aren't doing well mm-hmm. and she's the inheritor of this estate and everything and so she needs to go home and take care of affairs and so she still sends letters to the group she still talks to them and she still has the amulet that they can look through and see what she's up to. (laughs) You know, it's like she's still in the world and she's still like continuing what she's doing, but just not with the group anymore. I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that happened was my buddy Eric, he initially was playing Mickle, who was this big brute of a guy. Um, Think like bruiser and that's Mickle. Mickle was, uh, had a low intelligence score. And Eric himself finds he doesn't exactly enjoy playing characters like that. Well, he does enjoy playing them, but it's not that he he didn't feel much of a challenge to it. It was a one step character. And he's like, I want more than that. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to bring in this bard instead. I'm like, that sounds awesome. Okay. So to get Mikkel out of the way, which put terribly, actually started Storm King's Thunder. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mikkel was kidnapped by giants i forgot about that that's so cool and that actually gave the players the motivation to go find him they're like we need to go find mickle mm-hmm. we need to save him and so the whole while you might be thinking well once you find mickle he's gonna like how are you gonna not play him again it's like well while mickle was imprisoned he met a lovely lady <laughs> <laughs> which actually was par for the course for mickle like that was his goals in life was to find a family and he was scared of settling down however this person that he found She's a barbarian and she does not want to settle down either. And so they're actually going out adventuring on their own as a family unit. I love that. And so every now and then Mikkel still gets letters from his, from his family and from his players and like his, his friends. And so they're still in the world, Yeah. but they're just separated enough with good enough reason. The one that I did the most poorly, I will say, um, they were high enough level to where my plan was not necessary. Essentially, um, my friend Marcos, he wanted to swap out from being Felix, who is kind of like a really just out there character. He's very much like, ah, I, I, that's someone else's problem. And he's very much loose. And he wanted to switch back to Bertram, who's more wise and like and forthworth about everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, Felix, everyone cares about his mom. So it's like maybe his mom got sick. I'm thinking back to, you know, the, uh, what happened to Alfria. The problem was... His mom also is the caretaker of the, the people's, like, home base. Mm-hmm. 
So when they got there, they're like, oh my God, Bobby's sick. Let's just, they heal her. I'm like, oh. Uh-oh. Well, Felix needs to spend time with his mom now, doesn't he, Marcos? And Marcos, who was the person that healed Bobby, by the way, <laughs> as his new character, <laughs> was all like, uh, yeah, I guess. And I'm like, buddy, I gave you a setup and you brought me right back down. You yourself. <laughs> so basically what I'm saying Talk to your players beforehand, before you go into a session, and give suggestions. Be like, why would this character want to leave? And if they say, I don't know, I just want to play my new character, then be like, are you okay with me taking the reins on it then? Because if you present a cool story reason for why they leave, it actually feels really nice. Mm -hmm. And plus, that character is available for them to come back and play with. I actually have something like that. Yeah, what's up? Um, So basically what we're saying here, we're okay with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we're giving you some examples of it because I do think it's fine if, uh, like, if your if your player is just like, oh, I just want to change it. Like, you know, give, have, like talk to them. Like, why do you want to change this? What's yeah. going on here? Find the root of why they want to change yeah. because a lot of times it comes down to I'm not having fun. Yeah. And if that involves just having a complete character overhaul, I've done that three times for my other players. Yeah. Well, like I I've done this mm-hmm. in our in our first edition Pathfinder game. We got to level thirteen or something like that. Yeah. And I got to the house early, and I told Ike, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not having fun with my character anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm bored of being a wizard. It is just walk into a room, throw a fireball. Walk into a room, throw a fireball. Mm-hmm. Walk into a room, throw a fireball. Yep. And granted, that's my fault. That's the build I did. <laughs> um, but I told him, I was just like, I want to I, I want to switch and he's and so we came up with the whole thing i was still alarith <laughs> with someone else in my head mm-hmm. and their class took over i became a bard yeah and he used disguised self to make himself look young and everything and like that like it i became a whole thing and it was a really fun first session where that happened because we didn't tell anyone i was doing that <laughs> i just started yeah. acting different and screaming oh yeah um so that that was really fun, and I had more fun with the campaign because I got to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when I did, I've had several players do this, and I'm okay with it, you know, giving good reason stuff. When we finished Dragon Heist and we were moving over into Storm King's Thunder, I told them, I, everyone, like, do you want to keep the same character or do you want to change? Yeah. And I left it up to everyone. St. James is the only one that stayed. Everyone else made new characters because they were like, I want to try something different. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah. Um, and because of that, now Tara's going to play her character from Dragon Heist in Descent into Avernus. Hey, look at that. <laughs> yeah, because I do like that she's not playing her in Storm King's Thunder because uh, she has more of a connection to it with the character she has now. Yeah. Whereas a, uh, her character from Dragon Heist, who's kind of this in-between person of like good and evil, is going to be more interesting to see in Avernus. Mm-hmm. So Where that I, duality of morals is better. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, this is a long way of saying... It's okay. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Just do it. The main goal is if they'll have more fun swapping characters, allow it. Now, I, yeah. We're it, both we're, about to yeah, say we're it. Both about to say, if they're doing it habitually, <laughs> you got to be like, listen, you got to pick a character. Yeah, because there gets to a point where it's like this party, as they level up, will build up trust with each other. And yeah. if you keep swapping out character to character to character to character, it, it gets tiring on the party to have to learn to trust someone new. Because yeah. you initially do that at like level one or whenever you start a campaign. And it's like, okay, then you get that out of the way when you do your first deadly encounter. And then everyone's like familial. Yeah. But if you keep having to do that once everyone already is like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll die for each other. And then there's this guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it starts feeling like an odd man out. So, um, yeah, I, I, I 
I think it's okay, but just, you know, if it's getting to be like an every month thing, yeah, mm-hmm. no, yeah, come on. Yeah. You're not, you're barely getting any time in there to actually know if you like the character. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're bringing in a new character, deeply consider who all the other PCs are. Yes. And Don't try, make to, wolf. try to aim them to be likable mm-hmm. from the get-go. The first impression is everything. Because mm-hmm. like we said, we want to skip that first trust issue hurdle. And we want to get right into, oh, we like this guy. Yeah, well, I when, when I, I transitioned from uh, Alrith, I was really worried that that was going to be a thing. And mm-hmm. then in the same session, I ended up uh, getting drunk with uh, Wiz's character. And yeah. we bonded, and it was great. Exactly. So it's definitely take into consideration the other pcs not the players themselves but Mm -hmm. like the pcs and their likes and dislikes so like obviously if you have someone who very much is religiously anti-undead and it's like oh yeah this new character is a necromancer you see her busting out a zombie that's your first impression of her and it's like uh (laughs) hang on the party is gonna want to immediately fight this situation so you know be wary of that but i very much say yeah if they're not having fun and they're struggling Feel free to change it. You don't need to kill off a character. Mm-hmm. Feel free. Yeah, don't. Death doesn't need to be the answer. To it. <laughs> Definitely, it, that's it, like the last resort. Yeah. Unless a player is straight up just, I want them to die. I would still say, yeah. Eh, yeah. maybe not. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, Aaron, hopefully that answered your question. Uh, if you uh, need more input on it, go ahead and email us, and we'll we'll get back to you on mm-hmm. that. Uh, we also got a message in from Ryan Fitzgerald. However, I'm going to say we're going to hold on to that, Ryan, yeah. and uh, put that as a topic at some point soon. If you need an answer quicker, uh, go ahead and DM me on Twitter, and we'll talk. Definitely. Well, that was our show for this week. Big thanks once again to our sponsor, DungeonNotebook.com. We will post links in the description and on Twitter. And if you enjoy this podcast and want to support it, the best way to do that is by leaving a review on your service of choice, as well as telling your friends about the show. If you'd like your questions, advice, or stories read on the show, send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com. And if you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass and on Instagram at difficultypodcast. So until next week, don't get killed by a Tyrannosaurus Rex.